Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. Much has changed in the past 30 days since the terrorist group Hamas invaded Israel in a planned attack with the instructions of brutalizing and murdering their Jewish neighbors as they slept in their beds. I don't have to go into detail because so much of what occurred is both ghastly and is available on various media platforms now. I'll lay the foundation for this exciting series for about three weeks. I may push it to four. There's so much to talk about here, but I want to just give you the foundation of what we're going to do when that, uh, the series will complete when we get into the new building, and it's called What Happens Next? It's what a lot of people are asking. Where do we go from here? What happens next? It's important to note moving forward that God remains firmly in control of the events of mankind and that his timetable is never altered by human affairs. But God, with tragedies of this proportion especially, we come with our answers. Does the Bible talk about what happens next? I I get asked that every once in a while. Are we in the end times is another popular one. That's probably the number one question I get. Are we in the end times? And to answer that last question, of course, yes, we are in the end times. But we have been in the end times since Jesus conquered death and walked out of the grave. That began this prophetic countdown to the end of this world and set in motion many of the prophecies that have been written on this topic. There is an exact timeline and time frame which only God the Father knows. Not even the Son knows, but the Father. But there are many signs and warnings that Scripture gives to us that we are not left completely in the dark as to many of the questions that we have. Many of the questions of who, what, where, when, and why can be found right here in God's Word. The study of the end times is called eschatology. And I've been a student of this topic for most of my life. I come by it honestly in that I've only ever had two pastors in my life. When I was a little kid, it was a guy named Tim LaHaye who wrote, of course, the Left Behind series from my childhood, and and then he was followed up by a guy named David Jeremiah who didn't do too bad for himself and and the kingdom. Two men who have devoted much of their study and and lives to this topic of eschatology. I realize I stand on the shoulders of these and other giants of the faith, and I've been blessed to sit under their teaching for many decades now and read many of their books. And with that said, I'd like to answer the question of how the world, more specifically, America, arrived at where we are today as a nation that's beginning to show signs of crumbling. For most of my life, one question has always come to my mind repeatedly. Why isn't America specifically in end-time prophecy? Why isn't she named? Over the years, like so many others, I have developed several theories as to what could happen to our nation, which causes us to be absent from the list of countries there in Ezekiel and other places. We're the the top dog. We're the most powerful nation in the world. So what happens to America? We're Israel's greatest friend. How is it that in the end she stands alone? We stand with Israel right now, but already we're hearing little voices and we're seeing a lot of trouble in the streets as many of these folks on the other side went to the Capitol in Washington there. 
and covered it with red paint to represent blood. They were shaking the fence so hard that they were calling in reinforcements. Our country and the world itself seems to be on fire right now. One fairly plausible possibility is, and I thought, I've thought this since I was a little kid, is that Russia or China or North Korea sends over a nuke and you know, that, that's kind of one of those obvious ones that we don't want to happen, but uh, that's very real in the world we live in. And of course, as the proliferation of weapons has grown over the years and evolved to some crazy levels, that's a, that's a possibility. Another theory that I've entertained over the years is that America just becomes an isolationist country, that we no longer have the ability to help other nations, and so we just start helping ourselves and we turn our backs on Israel. But over the last 10 years or so, I have come to believe that the enemy is not outside our borders. It's not going to be Russia, China, or North Korea, or another nation. I do not believe that. I believe our worst enemy is us. President Lincoln said this, and you've probably heard this quote, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves And I would add on, we allowed ourselves to be destroyed. Why? Because we didn't stand up. We didn't stand out and speak out. We sat quietly on our hands and watched it happen. Today, let's look at how we have quickened the fall of America. First, we've quickened the fall of America by replacing God with man. At first, I first saw it when prayer was taken out of school, when prayer was taken out of everything, really, that was in the public square. And then when the Bible was removed from the schools and they took that away from the young people and nothing to stand on or, or read, no truth. Romans 1, 18 through 20, let's begin our study. Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. We have no excuse. God's attributes are clearly all around us through His creation, through His power. And we are without excuse if we say there is no God. There's no remedy for that if you leave this planet in that condition. There's just none. There's no excuse. When you replace God with man, the decay of man's sin grows. And that's followed by darkness and depravity. And as I see it in America, it began in the mid-19th century with a man by the name of Dr. Charles Darwin who theorized that it was not God who created nature and humans, but rather a series of spectacular events which began with a single cell climbing out of a quagmire somewhere and onto land. And it evolved over billions and billions of years, he said, into the world that we see today humans included. Now, keep in mind that scientists have never been able to explain where that cell came from, let alone this bog, this muck, and this this shore that that it crawled out onto. And actually, scientists now are beginning to say, yeah, that's not, there's just too many holes in that. 
but they continue to uh, teach it in our schools. Why? Because they haven't made up the new story yet. This new thinking caused mankind to largely reject God as their ultimate authority and to make man the God of his own making. If there's no God, then man is in charge of his destiny and quest for happiness and fulfillment. And in so doing, America's light began to dim rapidly. Romans 1, verse 20, 21. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. We're about ready to go into thanksgiving. Believer, there's no one on this planet that should be more thankful than you and me. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. How have we quickened the fall of America? First, by replacing God with man, and second, by replacing God's light with man's lust. God is holy, but man rejects holiness, has no desire for holiness in him, and his only desire is to sin, the word tells us, pursue sin. One of Satan's most used and most powerful weapons today is in the area of sexual sin where anything goes. Keep in mind that America has largely replaced God with man now, and this removes any objective truth from the outside, and it replaces it wrongly with relative truth. What is true for you may be different than what is true for me. I believe this, you believe that, we're both right, and that's how the world has rolled for decades now. We all have our own truth, they say, and this is where the phrase, if it feels good to you, then do it. We witnessed this in the 1960s sexual revolution where intimacy with anyone at any time in any way became the cry of the decade as Americans were introduced to the concept of swinging or having multiple partners in marriage or or not getting married at all. That along with easier access to pornography continued the fall of America The sexual revolution ended up destroying countless marriages and left millions of kids in fatherless homes, and it further dimmed America's light. How have we quickened the fall of America? Well, by replacing God with man. Second, by replacing God's light with man's lust. And now, third, by replacing God's holiness with man's perversion. Verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Sin left unabated always grows to its lowest possible denominator. It never just levels out if left alone. It will go to the next lower level and continue on. Next on the list of lows was the acceptance and now the glorification of same-sex unions via the LGBTQ lifestyle. The devil, you see, wanted to destroy the family unit as God designed it, and he's been very successful as of recent. 
See, the devil doesn't like marriage between a man and a woman because it represents the, the Godhead, the, the God, the Son, the Holy Spirit of love in between them. And he hates that. And so he wants to destroy marriage as God created it. And he's been very successful at doing that. While it began with a personal choice, today it's exploded into the sexual grooming of America's children, where many of our schools pressure kids who can't decide whether they want to be Batman or one of the Mario brothers for trick-or-treating to decide for themselves what gender they want to be on any given day. But keep this in mind. Pray for those that are caught up in this sin that they will find forgiveness and that they will find freedom in Christ. Christ is the chain breaker. He's the one that sets us free, that breaks off the chains. We don't carry the sword. We're not out there to attack them personally. We're there to pray for them, but we're also to stand for truth. So pray for them. How have we quickened the fall of America? First, by replacing God with man, then replacing God's light with man's lust, then by replacing God's holiness with man's perversion, and fourth, by replacing God's warning with man's disobedience. God has warned us. He's given us many warnings. And yet, as a whole in our nation, we have disregarded them and been disobedient. Verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. God says, you're going to live like this? This is your choice? Okay. He takes his hand away and he lets them be who they want to be. And he, lets, he gives them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. I don't know if you've had the fortitude to watch some of the videos of what was done three weeks ago now, four weeks ago now. It describes these people to a T. What humans can do when God takes their hand off them and their minds are debased is unspeakable. And the Scripture warned that this is how people would be right before He comes back, as in the days of Noah. Can anyone here testify that this is what they're seeing in our society today? Not only is this seen, but it's celebrated now on television. America has largely ignored God's precepts, especially regarding finances, and I believe this is about to bite us as well. Let me provide just one example of the many I could give you. Just a few decades ago, America's debt was $1 trillion. That sounded like a lot of money, and it was. Today, we are in debt $33 trillion. It's so out of control that there's almost no hope of return from this. Our current administration is printing money so fast that the entire world knows our economy and the economies of most of the countries in our world are teetering on collapse because they depend upon the dollar. Through willful and wanton disregard to God's precepts on finances, we have collapsed the future of our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren 
for the foreseeable future unless God acts. Unless God were to do a miracle, get ready for what's coming down, an economic Armageddon. Here are just a few of God's precepts on finances. He gives us, uh, and I, I, could have, I could have listed 50 here, but I'll just give you a few. Proverbs 3.9 tells us to honor the Lord with our wealth. Have we done that as a, a nation? <laughs> no. Proverbs 21.5 warns us, the plans of the diligent lead to profit, but as surely as haste leads to poverty. Luke 14.28-30, for which of you intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. We have not done that. Our country has done the opposite. America's economy is on life support. And, and call me a prepper, Call me a prepper, but I encourage everybody, listen, as your friend, as your pastor this morning, I would encourage you to have three months of food in your pantry right now. You saw what happened when a little virus we couldn't even see came along. You saw what happened. They've given us, well, God's given us a warning. I would encourage you to go home, and if you can, if, it takes, if you need time, over time, build your pantry up because trouble's coming. America has ignored God's warnings and His biblical truth for too long. God has begun to bring discipline and judgment on His children in America. Like a good father, though, God disciplines those He loves. If you remember the Old Testament, God frequently sent judgment upon the nation of Israel and other nations as well. Some people look at these judgments as an angry God striking out at His people for disobeying. But God is a good father, and any good father will bring discipline to his children. If you don't love your kids, let them go out and do whatever they want and destroy their life. But if you love your kids, you're going to discipline them and train them up in a godly way to live responsibly. God's primary goal with any judgment and discipline, this side of heaven anyway, is restorative in purpose. It's always restorative. He was always telling his, his people, listen, come back to me and I'll restore you. And they had this roller coaster relationship with him throughout the centuries. The Bible says that God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not up to us to wield the, the sword or condemn people. Ours is to turn the light on and say, listen, there's a better way than the way you're living. It also tells us that God is patient with us, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants everyone to come to repentance. God sends consequences and judgment to correct and discipline us in order to bring us back to Him. Time after time in the Old Testament, we see God sending prophets in order to turn the people back to their Creator. However, if they ignored Him, there comes a, a tipping point where God's patient for them would run out. As someone has said, it's, ter it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. We see that in the Old Testament. He would offer them forgiveness. He would give them grace. He would offer them mercy as they continued to sin. Don't do this. Don't do this. Turn around. Come back. You're headed in the wrong direction. But if they wouldn't, then He would punish them. He would discipline them in order to force them to turn around. In the Old Testament, the kingdom of Judah... 
got to that point. And God told the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah eleven fourteen, do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. There comes a time when God goes, okay, you've gone too far. This discipline is happening. Yeah, you're going to cry out for me. I'm not going to hear it. I need to discipline you in order to get you to turn around. And I believe that is where America is today. We may be there today. What happened after God said that to Jeremiah? Judah almost ceased to exist. It was largely wiped out by Babylon for its disobedience. I'm hoping that's not where we are as a nation. And I'm praying, and I hope you'll join me in that prayer. Pray for America. We are on a tipping point. Some people are beginning to ask the question, are the current events in Israel a prelude to World War III or the Ezekiel 38 war when Israel is abandoned by every nation in the world, America included, and she comes under a devastating attack, but it is supernaturally saved by God. God intervenes right before Israel's wiped off the map. And that is, of course, possible as more and more nations are turning their back on Israel. And America is beginning to speak the words that lead to an abandonment. We started out strongly supporting Israel, but I sense the cabinet in Washington is beginning to cool off with their love for Israel. I personally believe that God will rapture his people out before the Ezekiel 38 war, but we'll see. Listen, you just, the only answer I can give you on that is to be ready. Someone once said, in order to be ready, you have to have gotten ready. So many people say, well, I'll do that later. I, I, you know, I will read my Bible after I retire and have more time. Someone once said, in order to be ready, you have to have gotten ready. There won't be time to get ready. When Jesus returns for us, He will come in the blink of an eye for those who are already ready. It'll just happen like that. So how should we respond to all of this? Jesus gave us the answer in Matthew 24. Now as He sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed, look out, take notice that no one deceives you. That tells me there's wolves coming into the church. Don't let anyone deceive you. How can you not be deceived by knowing the truth? If you know the truth, you can't be deceived because when the deceiver comes and starts spreading his lies, Right away you go, I know that's not true. I know the Word of God. What He's saying is not true. For many will come in My name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Jesus is saying, you don't have to be troubled. Don't be troubled. I'm here. I'm in control. My Father knows all things. He's got them all planned out. There's nothing that comes by surprise. He's all-powerful. Don't get troubled. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your peace. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Are we at the point that we're at the beginning of these sorrows? My opinion is yes. I don't know that for a fact. But my opinion is we're beginning to see what Jesus was talking about. 
In conclusion, to answer the question, what are we to do as the end draws near? First, Jesus said, don't be deceived. Read your Bibles. Know the truth for yourselves so you aren't deceived by some slick-speaking liar. Second, Jesus said, don't lose your peace. Don't be troubled by the events that Jesus warned us would come to pass. You've got to look up. You've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to know His Word. You've got to be on your knees talking with Him. And then third, go to church. Church is a great place to get encouraged. It's a great place to have your peace and confidence recharged each and every week. I want to be around the troops. I want to be around men and women who have my back. I want to be the person that encourages them. I want to be here when Christ returns. It's a great place to have your peace and confidence recharged. Number four, put feet to your faith. Don't just talk about your faith. You've got you to talk about it. You've got to read about it. But then go out and live your faith. Let it make an effect on your life and how you live. Become a world changer in the world that God has placed you in. Look for ways to share the gospel with people that you meet. Don't let your love grow cold. Allow your faith to inform your life choices. Let your walk be as loud as your talk. And use your time, talent, and treasure wisely to build the kingdom of God. Listen, my friends, here's the good news. Jesus is coming back. And from now until that moment, He is with us. God is with us. We have Him in the Holy Spirit who strengthens us, encourages us, teaches us all things, Scripture says. We need to stick to the plan. The mission hasn't changed. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.